if cooking meat was bad for us, we would have died. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. Now, today's episode, we're going to be doing another Reddit dive, and we're going to be looking at a thread on raw meat versus cooked meat uh, on a carnivore diet or an animal-based diet. Now, this question comes up quite a lot, and <laughs> quite often divides people. Um, what are the benefits of raw meat versus cooked meat? Uh, now, anyone in the carnivore community may remember, uh, there was a video a little while back with the, um, uh, what's his name? Jerry Schwartz. I can't remember his handle now on YouTube, um, with, uh, with Dr. Bart K and, uh, discussing the pros and cons of raw versus cooked meat, uh, which was a very interesting video. So make sure you have a look on YouTube for that one, go back and have a look. Um, but anyway, if you're listening on in the car on the podcast, um, thank you very much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, hello, thank you for watching. So for the benefits of those on YouTube, I'm going to be sharing my screen. For those listening on the podcast, I'm going to be reading out the article that I've seen today. So this was posted a couple of days ago, came up on my feed. I thought it'd be a useful one to talk about. Uh, so it's by user canis underscore lupus underscore arcti uh, arcticus, uh, excuse me. Uh, so hello to you. Uh, okay, let's get into it. So raw versus cooked meat pros and cons, please. Uh, I want to know the pros and cons of eating raw meat versus cooked meat. Very, very good question. The latest scientific knowledge and people's experiences with raw meat, which one is best for optimizing health and longevity? Let it be known that I am not referring to pork or poultry. Those I would never eat raw in any case since it has too many parasites and their industrial farming puts a huge question mark on their quality. Brackets. Same reason why I'd never eat raw liver either. Close brackets. But generally, I refer here to raw ruminant red meat, beef, bison, goat, lamb, elk, or any other ruminant game animal. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop there a little bit. So basically, he's saying, or this user, he, she, is saying that they want to just have a chat about raw meat versus cooked meat. Pretty nice way to start the thread. Um, which one is best for optimizing health and longevity? They're not going to be eating raw pork or raw poultry. Um, theoretically, that is okay to do. Um, but I really wouldn't be recommending raw, raw poultry or raw pork because just the quality, how it's produced, the cleanliness. Yeah, generally, I would not be recommending that. You could get seriously unwell from eating raw pork and raw poultry. Um, it is a possibility to get ill from any raw meat, let it be known, but you can get ill from any raw vegetable, salad, anything, to be honest, if you're not washing it properly anyway. Uh, and that's the issue here is so, you know, the, the, the people in the, in the factory, the meat packing, whatever, there's so many bits of that chain that can get contaminants, get, um, you know, bacteria and so on that it's, it's sometimes just not worth the risk. I definitely wouldn't risk it with pork or poultry. Um, they'd mentioned uh, not eating raw liver now. Yeah. I mean, interesting. A lot of people do talk about raw liver, um, with a lot of potential benefits and we'll get into that anyway. Um, I have eaten some raw liver. And I do eat raw beef occasionally. I do love a bit of carpaccio, very, very thinly sliced. I usually like top side uh, for that really, really thinly sliced. Uh, to be fair, I eat like raw ribeye or anything pretty much going anyway. I'm not a massive fan of raw liver. Um, some people do like it. I freeze my meat first, then I'll eat it if I'm going to do it raw. And that way it's going to kill potentially a lot more parasites that might be in that food, especially liver. It's still not foolproof. Don't get me wrong. You still run the risk here, but it is a safer way if you are wanting to eat raw meat. Other ways, of course, you know, desiccated organs and so on. Um, but that's obviously they're not kind of consuming raw meat. 
Uh, okay, so I did a bit of research back to the thread now. I did a bit of research, though not a thorough one yet, I admit. And here is what I'd have to say about raw meat, in my opinion. Not advocating for it or anything, just my thought. Uh, and I would echo this, echo this. I'm not going to recommend eating raw meat for everyone, especially if you are pregnant uh, or have other health issues. You really need to know the provenance of your food uh, to make sure that it is safe for raw consumption. Uh, the one thing that I would potentially recommend is raw milk consumption. I actually have a glass here. Um, people on YouTube are probably going to go crazy now saying milk's not carnivore. Well, you know what? Like, who cares? It is. It's fine. It's from an animal, tiny bit of sugar, huge amounts of benefit in raw milk. I'm going to be doing an episode on that. So make sure you stay subscribed for that coming later. Uh, okay. Back to the thread. Uh, getting slightly uh, uh, divergent there. So, pros of raw meat. Autolysis instantly digests the meat, thereby easing the burden on the stomach acid. Might be helpful for people who have digestive issues, plus needing less salt probably, so all in all, easier digestion and less bloated feeling, especially the raw fat, which many raw carnivores have reported that it's far easier to digest than hot, molten, oily fat. Uh, this is something that actually comes up quite often on my like Facebook groups and so on. The Aussie Carnivores, shout out to you guys. You guys are an excellent group. Um, and uh, basically, yeah, like a lot of people do say that they do find eating raw fat or, or solid fat, I probably should actually say, easier than eating the kind of, you know, um, warmed fat or, or, or liquid fat, so to speak. I actually do prefer that as well. Like mints especially, I don't know what it is about mints, I don't like the fat in the mince. Like the liquid fat from mince meat, the ground beef and so on, I really struggle with that. But just eating it like basically from the fridge, like once it's cooled and solidified, yeah, I can just eat that. Absolutely no problem. I just, it makes me feel really sick eating that fat from mince. I don't know why. Um, not sure about the easier on the digestion. I'm not sure there's that much evidence to support that. Um, a lot of it, and we'll come back to this, but a lot of this is anecdote, so there's not a lot of high-quality evidence with any of this. Um, some people might, you know, if, if it's better for you, great. No problem. Like I said, for me, nausea, I do get a lot less nausea eating the solid fat than the, than the liquid fat, that is for sure. Uh, raw meat preserves all the nutrients in original form. Proteins are intact, and especially volatile molecules like vitamin C is more available in the raw meat than after cooking. Um, yeah, okay, let's break that one down a little bit. So raw meat preserves all the nutrients in the original form. That is correct. You are going to get the meat in its original form. There's no doubt because you're not changing it. You're not processing it. You're not cooking it. You're not doing anything to it apart from literally cutting it. Um, there's going to be some loss of like things like muscle glycogen because it's not just a fresh kill. Assuming it's not a fresh kill. If you go out and do a fresh hunt and fresh kill, it's a fresh kill. It's going to have muscle glycogen. Um, so you're going to lose some nutrition, but as far as from like, you know, the, the kind of the butcher, so to speak, to, to your mouth, yes, it's intact. It's as it should be. But does that mean it's optimal nutrition? Does that mean it's optimal delivery of nutrients? Not necessarily. Whoops. Sorry. Excuse me. Not necessarily. And this is where there can be a lot of confusion. People often think that the bioavailability of raw food is higher because it's not cooked. You've not lost vitamins. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, some things it is, but not all of it. I'm just going to bring up a little study. I honestly struggle to find that much robust information for doing this episode. So some of this is not that robust. A lot of it is anecdote, unfortunately. But 
I did come across this study, which is basically, I'll put a link in the uh, podcast description on YouTube and so on. Um, just in terms of protein and amino acids, and this is a really interesting concept because we see this in beef, we see this in eggs. People talk about raw eggs, they talk about raw beef, etc. Now, raw eggs, you can get a biotin deficiency, actually, from raw eggs. Uh, I can't remember, recall exactly the protein that interferes, but there's a, I think there's a protein that interferes with biotin availability in raw eggs. And when you cook them, it actually breaks down that protein, excuse me, which can then allow you to get the biotin, which is very interesting. Sorry, I've got hiccups. Um, so the this study basically looked at the Digestible Indispensable Amino Acid Score, or DISS. I've got it highlighted on the screen here. Uh, when they cooked it versus raw meat. Uh, so raw beef is in this study, Hodgkinson and colleagues found that raw meat has a digestible, indispensable amino acid score or DIAS, uh, DIAAS value of 97. Now I'm pretty sure this is out of 100. Uh, damn good, 97. Boiled and pan-roasted meat have similar values of 99 and 98 respectively. Now very similar, yes, but actually higher. So pan roasting and boiling the meat, not my preference on how to cook them, actually increased the amino acid score, increasing the bioavailability of those amino acids. In contrast, roasting and grilling the meat, the DIAAS was reduced to 91 and 80 respectively. So actually roasting and grilling the meat reduced the bioavailability of those amino acids. Boiling and pan roasting the meat increased very slightly. So it actually can help to unlock nutrition, which is a common misconception that cooking just destroys nutrition. Sometimes it can increase the bioavailability. In this case, with beef, with pan roasting and boiling, and as I said, with eggs, it also can increase the bioavailability. Uh, they go on to then say a sophisticated isotope labeling study, isotope, sorry, labeling study revealed higher bioavailability from amino acids from well-cooked meat, that's cooking at 90 degrees C for 30 minutes. Uh, that's pretty well done. I mean, Okay, fine. Um, then raw meat cooking at 55 degrees C for five minutes when ingested by elderly people. Uh, and there's a link there. To the reference, eliminating the fact that cooking of meat enables strategic modulation of bioavailability. Now that's specifically amino acids. We're not talking about vitamins or minerals there. But it's just an interesting concept that cooking doesn't necessarily reduce the bioavailability. Having said that, if we look at some nutritional information on vitamins, and again, this is not that easy to find robust data, it is suggested, just going to pull up this study here. So it was from Food and Journal of Food and Science, Vitamin B12, E and D content of raw and cooked beef uh, by Benick and Co. in November 1982. I'll put a link in the podcast description. Uh, I'm just going to read the summary because I haven't actually got the full, the full article here, unfortunately. Uh, but I don't think that's necessarily needed for this. So raw or cooked separable lean contained approximately 80 to 100 nanograms of vitamin D per 100 grams, 35 to 42%, so approximately 40% of the original vitamin D was lost upon cooking. Same with vitamin E. I won't read out all the values, but again, approximately 40% of the original vitamin E was lost during cooking. Now, to be fair, it doesn't say how it was cooked. If this was well done, you're going to lose a lot of the fat rendered out. If it's relatively, you know, just kind of rare, for example, you're probably still going to maintain most of that fat content. Uh, vitamin B12, content of raw and cooked meat, again, uh, uh, was uh, was lower. Um, doesn't actually say how much it actually was, unfortunately. But I think this is suffice to say that cooking could 
reduce the bioavailability of vitamins. We do know that vitamin C can be denatured and destroyed by cooking. So yes, theoretically, you could get more nutrition from raw meat, but that's not necessarily the same for amino acids. So, and again, is it actually nutritionally significant to be eating that much raw meat? You're going to get that much benefit. I'm not necessarily convinced. There's no real good data for this. Uh, moving on, on the thread, uh, raw meat preserves all nutrients. We spoke about that one. Again, I'm not sure that's necessarily the, uh, the case, or is the case, but I'm not sure that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, raw meat avoids the creation of toxic chemicals like aldehydes, trans fats, and other things, which can still happen in small amounts, even in animal-based food. And that's not entirely true, because some of these things can actually just be formed from digestion of food anyway in your body. But I guess what they're referring to here is the cooking process. Uh, so the, yes, look, if you're using things like, um, you know, nonstick pans, uh, Teflon, etc., you could be getting, you know, PFCs. Um, there's things like, um, uh, the, you know, the nitrates and the, um, you know, polyuretic, you know, aromatic carbons, hydrocarbons, you know, these kinds of things, which can be an issue, transaminases and so on, um, that, that can be an issue there. Uh, okay, I'm going to edit that bit out. Uh, okay. Raw meat avoids the creation of toxic chemicals like aldehydes, trans fats, and other things which can still happen in small amounts, even in an animal-based food or diet. Yes, that's probably true to a certain extent, but they, these can still happen somewhat in the gut anyway. Uh, and I know there's people out there are going to be thinking, TMAO, TMAO with raw meat. Oh, look, I mean, there's really no evidence that TMAO actually goes up significantly on a carnivore diet, especially a raw meat diet, and there's no evidence that's actually of any harm either way. Um, but this, these things can happen anyway without cooking, but I guess this user's probably talking about toxic chemicals from things like, um, uh, like nitrates, TMAO, um, you know, using nonstick pans, you know, this kind of thing, uh, which to be fair, like can, can be an issue. So yes, I suppose theoretically cooking it less would give you potentially less toxins in the food. Uh, but then also if you just kind of slow cook it or if you low cook it and you're not doing super high heat, you're not using like olive oil and oils to cook. If you're using, you know, saturated fat like ghee or, or you know, beef tallow with high smoke points and so on, it's a lot less of an issue. Stainless steel pans or cast iron pans, etc. I'm not sure I'd be necessarily that worried about raw meat versus cooked meat in terms of the toxins. Um, glycogen in raw meat is turned into lactic acid shortly. Uh, so there are no concerns of the raw meat containing carbs. So no need to cook those carbs out like sugar would caramelize and be rendered useless if it would otherwise be the case. Now, this is a really interesting point, and I want to talk a little bit about this. And this is something that you don't hear a lot of people in the carnivore community actually talking about. People in the carnivore community are talking about it being a zero carb diet. And that's kind of originally what it actually was until Dr. Baker kind of coined the phrase carnivore, changed it slightly and said, hey, look, I'm doing this thing where I'm eating just meat. And look, carnivore is amazing. Don't get me wrong. Um, but carnivore isn't necessarily a zero carb diet in its natural form. If you go out and you make a fresh kill, you go hunting, that animal has glycogen in it, in the muscle meat, in the organs. It's got glycogen in the muscle meat, in the liver, things like heart, et cetera, the muscle, they're going to have some glycogen as well. Not a lot. No, not a high carb diet, but it's going to have some. 
And in fact, uh, there's some evidence that even people like the Inuits, I know Dr. Chafee likes to talk about the Inuits, um, their studies showing that they're not in ketosis all the time because of the amount of glycogen they're actually eating in muscle meat and liver, for example. So a true kind of wild carnivore diet as such, fresh kills, hunting, you're actually getting some glycogen. And I don't know the exact values of like every animal on the planet as far as glycogen is concerned. But if we look at things like uh, a human, now, hopefully people are not out there eating humans. That would probably not be good. Please don't do that. Um, but humans have about, on average, about 1% to 2%, maybe, probably about 1, 1 to 1.5%, maybe, muscle and liver glycogen. Total body glycogen is approximately about 1.5% of their body mass. So if we just use that as an example, again, I'm not sure of the exact values for different animals, but if we use that as an example, what we're basically saying is approximately 1% to 1.5% of the meat that you are eating on a fresh kill it's going to have some glycogen in it if you are out in the wild and you are hunting. So let's say you eat a kilo of meat. You know, 1%, 1.5% is going to be somewhere around 10 to 15 grams of carbs. And it might be slightly higher in some animals. I don't know, even maybe 20 grams. It could be slightly less, 5 grams. I don't think we need to be worried about eating 5 to 10 grams of carbs. This is not going to kill you. 5 to 10 grams of carbs a day from a kilo of meat is going to do absolutely nothing. It is going to do absolutely nothing to you if you eat 5 to maybe 15, even 20 grams of carbs in meat, in glycogen, on a fresh kill. It's going to do nothing bad to you. Let's get that pretty clear. We don't need to absolutely fear carbs to the point where we want to go completely zero carb. This is not actually very natural to do this. And this is a criticism I do have of kind of really hardcore purist carnivores, something that I am learning over the last 12 months or so. Again, make sure you stay subscribed for those videos because they are coming soon. They're going to be really, really interesting uh, from a doctor perspective with my patients and also my own personal perspective over 12 months. So I don't think we need to be worried about a really tiny bit of sugar in the diet, especially like things like bacon. Honestly, it's going to make zero, 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 zero difference. I can pretty much guarantee you that. Uh, tons of people who've already been on the lion diet, just back to the thread here. So as carnivore as you can get fully 100%, I mean, carnivore is carnivore if you're 100% or not, I mean, still carnivore. Um, Hypercarnivore is technically 70% of calories from meat anyway, or animal sources. So I mean, even 70% is still carnivore technically, but you can be 100% carnivore and still not be on lion diet. Lion diet is just a very specific subset of carnivore diet. Um, they've still had some inflammation issues which resolved after going raw. Now this is, this is anecdote. So not sure where the evidence for this is. This is pure anecdote. Uh, not saying it's wrong. A lot of anecdotes can be right. But this is pure anecdote. Uh, the primal diet is the ultimate form of carnivore. Really not sure about that because as far as I'm aware, primal diet is kind of modified paleo, not actually carnivore at all. So I'm not really sure what they're talking about there, unless I'm mistaken. Could be wrong. Let me know in the comments on YouTube if I'm wrong. I apologize. Um, bacterial infection is high. Uh, this can offset the benefits of the raw meat alone and getting food poisoning of any kind of bacterial infection can increase inflammation. Not sure if the final effect is positive or negative. I guess this refers to hormesis. Look, I don't think bacterial is going to be a big issue in raw meat for the most part. 
I'd probably recommend freezing and washing your meat first, change the bags, get it from the butcher, you know, take it out, wash it, put it in a fresh bag, put it in the freezer, backpack it even better. Um, moving on, cooking denatures proteins, which some might say might be useful for digestion, some might not be, can make the fat rancid by denaturing fatty acids in there. Okay, so the whole point of saturated fat is it's stable. You're very unlikely to significantly denature saturated fat, animal fats, from cooking. So that's number one. Unless you are subjecting it to extreme pressure, which you're probably not, or extreme heat, which again, you're probably not. I'm talking like well over like probably 250, 300, you know, kind of degrees centigrade uh, or Celsius. Um, you're not really going to denature saturated fat in any significant shape or form. And that's what the fat's going to be on a carnivore diet. You shouldn't be eating like olives and olive oil and avocados and, and these other things, seed oils, God no, which can denature at heat. So I'm not sure we need to worry about that. Um, denaturing proteins, again, we mentioned that with the beef, doesn't mean it's a bad thing to denature proteins. And there's really very little evidence to suggest that raw meat consumption is really that beneficial for anyone. The caveat to that is raw milk. As I mentioned, I got my raw milk just here. Um, there is reasonable evidence that raw milk can actually be beneficial for, for some people. And this is beyond anecdote. There are some studies. I'll have to try and find them and pull them. If I can, I'll put them in the link for the video on the podcast. Um, that raw milk consumption can have benefits for things like asthma, um, eczema, hay fever, A to P. I said, you know, with my kids, like my middle daughter, Charlotte, she doesn't have anything diagnosed, but she does have definitely some artistic traits. And we noticed that she improved when we added raw milk into her diet. So there's definitely some benefits of the raw milk versus pasteurized. I'm not going to deny that whatsoever. But again, look, this is anecdote. And this is my anecdote for raw milk. Not sure it makes any difference with raw meat. Okay, cons of raw meat. Obviously, you know, back to the thread. So food poisoning is the main concern. Bacterial infection, salmonella, etc. I mean, absolutely spot on. This is really the primary concern with any raw meat consumption is going to be the food poisoning aspect. You can make this safer by, as I said, when you buy the meat, take it out of the bags, wash it under the tap. I mean, like if you want to get filtered water and everything look great, no problem, but wash it, dry it, put it in a clean bag, vacuum pack it if you can. If you don't, like, it doesn't really make that much difference. Put it in the freezer and then let it defrost and then eat it. That is probably the best way that you can make it safe and still eat raw. Other options are you could maybe just air dry it. And that will also help to kill some bacteria as well, but I'd still wash it, put it in a separate bag, freeze it, let it defrost, then air dry it, and then you can eat it. The other thing you could consider doing, you could consider doing rather, is um, basically pickling it in, in vinegar. Now, look, technically that's not really raw anymore if you're kind of curing it in vinegar or pickling it in vinegar, um, browning it, whatever you want to call it. Technically it's not really raw, but also you're not really cooking it. So it's kind of, kind of raw, we're kind of fudging it slightly there. But that can also make it safer by killing off some of the bacteria. As we know, curing can help, but still isn't going to kill everything. Like, like, like listeria isn't killed from curing. Um, okay, more cons. Cooked food definitely tastes better. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd agree with that, actually. Um, I'd actually slightly disagree with that. Raw meat is actually really nice um, for most people. Like... A lot of people, they go out to restaurants and they order things like beef carpaccio, which we do know it's like really super thinly sliced, you know, typically raw meat or like super lightly cooked. Um, raw meat's actually really nice if you get the right cut. Now, if you just go and eat like a raw shin, 
or something that's shin like you know beef shin that's like super tough and hard and chewy and yeah, it's not going to be that tasty you go and eat like a raw eye fillet oh god so good so good you eat like a raw top side something like that like that's what i make carpaccio at home i just buy a top side and I literally just slice it off my three-year-old you know she was two she's now three she literally just comes and eats it. She like just picks it up and eats raw meat. And she just walks around eating the house, eating raw meat. She absolutely loves it. Um, I don't think cooked meat is actually inherently tastier than raw meat. Uh, having said that, I do prefer the taste of slightly cooked liver as opposed to raw liver. Um, sugar tastes good. Well, yeah, sugar tastes good. But again, we're not really eating that much sugar on a carnivore diet unless you're going, you know, kind of fresh, kill, raw, etc. Uh, raw meat goes bad really fast, so you have to be extra careful with its preparation and handling. Again, I'm not convinced about that. Um, I eat quite a bit, actually, of raw meat. Not like every day, every single day. I know I've said, you know, I don't eat that much, but every so often I do just buy like a topside roast and actually just, I slice bits off, I leave it in the fridge to air dry, and then I just eat it raw. And I've been doing that for probably the last, I don't know, six months on and off, like nothing consistent. I've never had a piece of meat go bad, air drying it. And some of it I've left in the fridge for like, I think one piece I left for like a month, maybe in the fridge, I kind of just forgot about it. It's like in the bottom of the fridge somewhere tucked away. And it didn't go bad. It didn't go bad at all. It was, it was pretty tough, but it didn't go bad and just took it out to kind of get to room temperature. And it softened and it was just absolutely delicious. Not a problem whatsoever. So, and it's going to smell, it's going to be slimy and it's going to not look, taste or feel right or smell right if it's got infection on it, if it's got bacteria and mold and whatever. Don't eat it. If it tastes bad, if it smells bad, if it looks bad, if it feels bad, do not eat it. You can tell when meat's bad because it just doesn't smell, taste, feel or look right. So don't eat bad meat. Um, okay, and then the last one, we invented cooking like 1.5 million years ago at most. There is some anthropological evidence that our brain size grew after that. And for some reason, we could maybe digest more proteins through cooking. Maybe it's correlation and not causation. I'd probably agree with that. Since either way, we evolved in this direction with or without cooking. No way to tell whether it was because or because of it or despite it. But still the last 1.5 million years of proto-human and homo sapiens history, we were most likely cooking meat. Uh, prior to that would would have been predominantly raw meat. So yeah, I would agree with that. That again, for the majority of kind of essentially recorded human history, we've been cooking meat and probably been cooking meat for the last kind of one to two to maybe even three million years, essentially, uh, of human or, you know, kind of human development. Um, I think as a user's here saying, that doesn't necessarily mean it's good or bad. It just, that's what happened. And I think the likelihood is that if there were massive problems with cooking meat, we wouldn't be around. <laughs> you know, one and a half, two million years ago, there was no Costco. There was no Coles. There was no Woolworths. There was no Five Guys and McDonald's and Pizza Hut, whatever else. There was an animal and you hunted it and you killed it and you ate it. Um, we didn't have vitamins. We didn't have, you know, any knowledge of nutrition. We didn't have injections or anything like this. There's absolutely no way that we could have, you know, boosted our immune system, booted our vitamin, nutritional status, etc. If cooking meat was bad for us, we would have died. We would have died out as a human species a long, long, long time ago. Is cooking meat optimal? 
We don't know. There's goods, there's bads. The pros, the pros, there's cons, negatives, and positives. But is it harmful? No, probably not. I don't think it's really harmful, really, in any way, other than honestly, to your taste buds. I don't know anyone that likes well done meat, well done beef, except for my mum. She is just weird like that. She, she, oh my god, it's horrible to even. I think pretty much got PTSD from it. She pretty much raised us on like well done beef mom if you're listening i know you do listen to a few of these episodes hi love you but my god you nuked the, the beef roasts <laughs> yeah i pretty much got ptsd from those now i serve them like pretty much just dripping with blood um i can't have anything well done it tastes like oh my god it's just literally like eating wood or like cardboard outside of taste and like you're going to be nuking your vitamin c but that's not a massive issue anyway Outside of taste, there's not that much harm in cooking meat. Safety aspect, it's probably better on balance, unless you know the provenance of your meat, where it's coming from. And even most butchers don't even know where the meat's really coming from, in my experience. Um, half of them don't even know. I went to the butchers the other day and I said, like, okay, is, is your meat grass-fed or grain-fed? And basically they said, we don't know. <laughs> like, as a butcher, how can you not know if your meat is grain-fed or grass-fed, like, what the hell? And they basically said, I said that to them, I was like, what, like, how can you not know? Like, I was like, are you for real? Like, this is just ridiculous. You're a butcher. And they're like, well, we just get what we get. We just get to what's delivered. And it's just like, oh my God, like, insane. So they don't even know what the meat they're getting half the time. Um, I used to think butchers were super knowledgeable about, you know, meat. I kind of feel like most of the time they're honestly just like glorified shop assistants now. That's probably really harsh. And there's probably butchers out there going, oh my God, you know, going crazy on YouTube and stuff watching this. But I'm sure there's butchers out there that are amazing. Absolutely fantastic. But there's also some that just have no idea what they're doing. And they're mostly just shop assistants working in the butchers and you expect them to know what's going on. And they actually just don't know that much about the meat, which is kind of sad, really. Um, but I think that's the way it is. Um, I'm kind of ranting a little bit, so that probably means it's time to end. I think in conclusion, raw meat consumption on a carnivore diet, is it required? Number one, no. It is not required to eat raw meat. Number two, are there any benefits to eating raw meat on a carnivore diet or otherwise? Yes, potentially there could be some benefits in eating raw meat. You might get more vitamin C, you might get more vitamin B12, you may get more nutrition, zinc, iron, folate, you may get more vitamin D, riboflavin, B6, B9, all these things, thiamine, etc. Does that realistically make any real difference though? Chances are no, it probably does not. If you're super, 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 super wanting to eat raw meat, look, go ahead and eat raw meat but make sure you know where it's coming from. Make sure you know it's clean. Do some of the things we've spoken about. Freeze it, wash it, you know, wash it, freeze it, change the bag, defrost it, let it air dry in the fridge for at least 24 hours. If it smells, feels funky, anything like that, look, throw it out, get another cut. Basically, if it's fine after that, your chances are you're probably fine, but it is still used at your own caution. Again, liver, I'd probably do the same thing. I'm not a massive fan of raw liver. I don't like the taste. I will just slightly sear it on both sides and then eat it. So it's still kind of pink in the middle. It's still rare, but just not raw. Um, 
Raw milk, I think, has a lot of benefits. This is not an episode about raw milk, but I do think that has a lot of benefits. I've seen benefits myself with my family. I will be doing more episodes on raw milk. So if that is something that you're wanting to hear, let me know in the comments down below. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on podcast. And uh, if you found this episode useful, hit a like, share it to your friends. Let me know in the comments down below. And if you are listening in the car, on your podcast, walking on your way to work, whatever it is, It'll be amazing if you could leave me a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. That would really help spread the podcast. So thank you very much, guys, in advance. Hopefully this has been useful to you. If it was, please let me know in the comments. Get in touch on social media at The Meat Medic across all social medias uh, or mail at themeatmedic.com if you want to get touched by email. Let me know if there's any other comments, any other topics, sorry, that you guys want covered. I want to make content that you guys want to listen to. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for this. Li Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help to spread the word that how, how we can improve mental and physical health through diet and nutrition. If you are interested in improving your own... Okay, let's just re-record that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. If you found this episode useful, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help out the channel to grow. If you have found this useful and you want to improve your physical and mental health further, please do check out my website, themeatmedic.com, where you can find all my eBooks are currently 50% off with the code 50 off. That's code 50 off, five zero off, O-double-F, for 50% off all eBooks. Take care. Thank you. See you in the next episode.